Hello, friends. This is Josie from Speaking in Church, the podcast you are currently listening to. And I wanted to tell you a little bit about my favorite current thing right now, which is Anchor. Anchor is a free podcasting platform. Um, It's the easiest way to make a podcast. This dummy, yours truly, set it up real quick. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, which, hello, talk about easy. You don't have to be some professional computer person, which is dope. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and literally wherever else you want to put it. Uh, You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, which, you know, some of us are just not going to get a million people listening, which is fine. Um, It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So if you want to make your own podcast about literally anything like the two of us, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Speaking in Church podcast, where we uh, record on Zoom, and Zoom just let us know that it was being recorded in the creepiest anti-Siri voice. It was amazing. (laughs) I'm Josie. And I'm Spencer. And this week, we are bringing back an all-time favorite guest. Uh, Our BFF Bethany is back. BFF Uh, Bethany! So, uh, Last time we talked to Bethany, she was working in ministry and um, she left ministry to be a full-time nanny for a lot of reasons, one of which you just get paid more money and that says a lot. But Mm -hmm. Bethany has some exciting news. She was just recently um, accepted into seminary. We love educated women. And this week, Bethany is back because we are going to talk about women's ministry and men's ministry. Everybody welcome Bethany. (laughs) <laughs> i'm excited to be here again <laughs> yeah i um have a lot of <laughs> as a woman who never really did women's ministry because that was so not appealing to me and maybe it was uh because women's ministry at the baptist church i was in was um for the older ladies yeah i never really <laughs> felt like i wanted to do tea parties or it was also weirdly tuesday mornings yeah what i'm trying to be an adult and you want me to have a tuesday morning breakfast at 9 a.m like i don't have to go to fucking work (laughs) so anyways (laughs) so bethany last time you were here you know we shared you shared your story a lot of it in the in the realm of purity culture so now um you know for our, our new listeners or who haven't listened to your old episode um again just like a general about you but now in the context of women's ministry (laughs) yes yes yes. yeah well um as you just said uh up till now i've been pretty much working in ministry for the last several years um quitting that last job was a very new development but i've had my share fair share of experiences um leading women's ministry events as well as being part of them or sort of being forced to go to them even though i didn't want to um i just really think it's interesting just the ways that um, kind of gender stereotypes show up in the church and especially show up in women's ministry events. And I'm very excited to talk about that. But yeah. So when you talk about being forced to go to women's ministry, is that just like 
a product of being in ministry is you have to show up for events, even if you don't like them. Totally. Like being on staff at a couple churches, there's definitely an expectation that, okay, if there's this event going on, you need to go, especially if you are, you know, on leadership in some way. Um, so yeah, I've definitely been not, okay. I guess I can't say force, but, um, cause it was my job, but, <laughs> um, I had to go to some events that I'm like, uh, what are we doing here? What is going on? What is the point of this? Um, and just kind of wondering, you know, <laughs> why are we doing this? <laughs> so, yeah. What are some of the, um, in your experience, what mm-hmm. are some of the gender stereotypes that were very readily apparent in the women's ministry? Yeah, I think the first one is that typically from what I've seen at women's ministry is geared toward mothers and women who have children and doesn't really leave room for single women or, you know, maybe divorced women, even like anybody who takes an alternate path, that's not being married with children. Again, there's nothing wrong with that, but I just feel like it doesn't usually leave room for, you know, women who have a career, women who are in college, all those different types of things. I think that was the thing that really bothered me. Um, and even if they were saying something like, oh yeah, we are inviting the single women as well. There'd be some lady like sharing her testimony about how she's hated being single. and Like God brought her along the perfect man. And now she's happy and has five kids. And like, you know what? Good for her. But like, if that's not your thing, you're going to feel very excluded and you're not going to want to come back. And honestly, that was me a lot of the times. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not trying to get married or have kids anytime soon. I'm sorry. But like, I, I just don't relate to that. Um, and so I think it's just by its nature tends to be very exclusionary. Um, Mm -hmm. and so not presenting a certain way, if you're not living a certain life, you're just not going to feel included there. So, (laughs) yeah, I feel like a lot of it was that notion of like, Oh, marriage has to be your ultimate goal in life. Cause so even for those of us who are married, I'm not really trying to go into a group to talk about marriage. That's what I go to therapy for. Um, right. <laughs> I don't, what are you going to tell me? Oh, Josie, submit to your husband or whatever, right? Like marriage is not the focal point of my life. I got a lot of other shit going on. Why don't you tell me, uh, teach me how to do my taxes or teach me how to, I don't know what other things I guess I wasn't taught, but things that are useful for everyday life, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's definitely yeah. not going I think what right of where it puts marriage on this huge pedestal. And if you're not married or if you have other things going on in your life, it's just, mm-hmm. it's not cool to you. Um, and also the marriage advice that you're going to get there. Unfortunately, a lot of churches is pretty sexist. So that also bothered me a lot. Mm-hmm. I think this is like, this is a great place to talk about the differences of churches who inherently value women as leaders versus those that don't Mm -hmm. because I, so the church that I became a Christian in, there wasn't really a huge women's ministry, except for like, I know that there were some older, older ladies, um, that would meet like every couple of weeks and like do a Bible study. But again, it was more like towards elderly or like they had like a widow's group kind of thing. Um, and then when I went to college and I started working for a church, um, that church inherently valued women. And so their women's ministry was vastly different than anything that I had heard my friends talk about. So that women's ministry 
Um, so they had a mom's ministry that was totally separate. Um, the mom's ministry was in the morning, which has its problems because obviously, you know, that there are working moms and that's another topic. But as far as the women's ministry as a whole, I liked that it wasn't exclusively two moms or two married women. And the whole concept of this women's ministry was it happened once a month, normally on like a Friday night. And it was supposed to be like an event where, yeah, like you would invite your girlfriends, they would provide childcare. So if you couldn't get a babysitter, they're like, well, that's not a problem. Like we got childcare. And the whole point was they would always pick a different theme. So like the first one I ever went to is literally about women being called, like called to ministry, called to do anything like in the workforce. I know what you're talking about now. (laughs) Yeah. And so, and then they went to one, you know, women are brave. Women are like all of these really empowering things. And I was living for it. And I- It was great. um, I loved it too. Yeah. And then my, my senior year, like when I was doing my internship, I got to work with some of the women pastors that were on that team. And so I was like, wow, like women's ministry is so cool. Like, I love it. Um, But then like Bethany had stated, there are other, I was also simultaneously doing ministry at a, at a youth camp. And Mm -hmm. one year I was the female pastor. So I was in charge of the female staff and Bethany was under me that year. And during our leadership week, you know, leadership always gets there early to prepare for staff to come. And they were like, Spencer, like, don't forget, you have to plan girls night. And the night, the year before that, I don't even remember what exactly we did, but I just knew that kind of what Bethany said is very stereotypical. Like the, the like wife of the camp CEO, who was a very stereotypical, like complementarian Christian wife was like, women are precious. And so I remember them being like, yeah, Spencer, like you should plan, like you have to plan girls night. And somebody said, you know, pajama parties are always a hit. And so me being who I am, I said, bet, okay, we're going to have a pajama party. We're going to watch a movie. And so (laughs) on the outside, I like fed into this idea of like, we're a daughter of the king and like we're princesses because I love Disney. And so me and my friend bought all of these mini tiaras and we told the camp, we're like, yeah, so the girls are having a pajama party and we're going to watch Princess Diaries too. Like that sounds like girls oh, night. smash Well, <laughs> well <laughs> we get in there and, you know, all the girls are sitting there in their jammies and I'm like, what up ladies? So we're going to watch a movie about how she didn't need a man to be the queen because she Look, was yes. a badass bitch and she can rule the country and women are powerful and you are a daughter of the king and you are a queen. Uh, you are a princess, whatever you want to call yourself. Here's a little tiara. And when you look at this cheesy tiara, I want you to remember that you can preach the gospel and anybody at this camp that tells you you can't, I will fight them. <laughs> and right. It was 100% like the people that showed up that like knew me were like, amen, this is Spencer. And then the new girls were like, what the heck? Like, you don't need no man. Yeah. They were like, this is not what we were expecting out of our pajama party. And needless to say it was a hit because princess diaries too, like Josie said, a smash hit women empowerment. (laughs) What is that quote that is like, uh, what is a what is a queen without her king uh, historically more powerful or whatever? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Accurate>. <laughs> yeah, so Bethany was there for that. Um and I, I think remember. we had a great time. Yeah, I remember sitting in there and I was like, okay, Spencer, go off, go off. Like I fully agree. And like I would say that half the girls were like, Oh yes, amen. Preach the gospel. Like that's what we're here to do. And half of them are looking around like, is this okay? Like, um, mm-hmm. can we 
is this all right? And I was like, yes, <laughs> you're good. <laughs> and I remember like, again, so sad, but my male counterpart who like was in charge of male staff, like he was supportive of women in ministry. And then like our boss who was like on like full-time staff, like he, <laughs> Bethany knows who I'm talking about. He was this poor, like progressive liberal man caught in this super conservative camp that pretended to be progressive (laughs) and so yeah throughout the whole summer like whenever people would give me pushback for being a pastor because he even fought because the year before it was team lead and he fought to have the pastor title because he was like no like like this is what they are they deserve that title and so yeah like the whole time he was like if anybody gives you pushback like you just call me and I was like amen Mm -hmm. this is cool yeah, honestly, shout out to him because I don't know, there was a weird dynamic of like, you know, that some people there are supportive of women and some aren't. So you kind of have to know who to go to, like if something goes wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So really shout out to those people that, you know, have your back and are just like, yeah, I support women. <laughs> and I think women's ministry in general is, so I think you can catch the vibes of hundred percent. If, if the women's ministry event is like, like kind of what Josie said, like if we're going to have a tea party and we're going to listen to Joyce Meyer, or we're going to listen to even, I mean, Beth Moore is more progressive now, but like 10 years ago, like, Oh, we're going to listen to Beth Moore speak. I was out. No, thanks. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, no, I think it's also, well worth saying the stark contrast between men's ministry events and women's ministry events women's ministry event invitations always had watercolor florals and Mm -hmm. script whereas men's ministries were always themes of like being a badass a lot of soldier vibes too, like camouflage and bullshit like that. I remember my dad went to this camp once where he drove with his little friends. He was an adult at this point, post like 40. He drove to a, like a weekend camp with his homies. It's like Texas or something. And it was all about like being the, something like the Lieutenant in your little army for the or something like that. Right. <laughs> being the so little in your family. Right. And yeah. It's just weird because they're not like emotional people. So there's like not, there's not very many feelings, which I, they have like filmed the whole thing. So we saw videos of this, like in the big church service. So they're just like singing, but they're standing like, "Hmm," like being all contemplative or whatever. Not like, and we're Pentecostal. There's not like this going anyways. It was really funny, but there's always that, right? It's like the, you gotta be a, you gotta be a man. Whereas women is you have to be, you have to be a woman. You have to be nice. Oh, yeah. I've done uh, a little experiment before where you just type in, if you type in women's ministry into Google Images, all, like you said, all of the like logos or flowers, princesses, like stuff like that. And then if you type in men's ministry, there's always going to be swords or lions. Adult, that's like, yep. that's the vibe. Swords, lions, something about leadership. And so I think that just really speaks to, okay, what are we teaching the people at these churches? Mm-hmm. Like women submissive and i guess be led by their manly um sword wielding husband well and even like the church that i had a really great women's ministry experience their men's ministry was like modeled after like sports like i'm pretty sure it was called the locker room and it's supposed to be like locker room talk which i thought was really weird because 
because like obviously we know that that has a negative connotation so i think they were trying to change it in the sense of like real men of god don't say bad things i don't know it was just really weird um and also yeah uh there was this when i was working i post-college when I was working at Disney, um, a friend from Bible camp, her and I were going to this church because she also worked at Disney with me and they were, we went to the young adults and they kept talking about how amping up for like end of summer, like men's retreat. And exactly like Bethany was talking about, like, it was like all about like this, like, like the logo was like all like, it was like simple, but it was like, beefy if that makes sense like men's men's ministry logos are bolded always Mm -hmm. women's ministries are always like italicized and script and he was just talking about like yeah like we're gonna go out to hume lake like all the boys and we're gonna do like all of this manly stuff and i was just like like but what makes that manly like we do that same stuff at church camp is it just because it's a bunch of boys like i don't understand (laughs) Yeah. And I've talked to guys before that felt excluded by men's ministry as well. I think it exists in both ministries because, you know, there are going to be people that fit those certain stereotypes. There are going to be men that are like, yeah, let's go out to the woods and like live off the land and like all that stuff. And there are going to be guys that are like, no, I'd rather sit inside and talk like mm-hmm. it's like a spectrum of people. And I don't think, um, when these events are being planned most of the time, I don't think that is accounted for. I think it's like you're looking at a certain stereotype of a person and planning it for them. And it's like, what is the point? And I think that's a larger theme in Christianity, right? Is that you have to exist in these extremes. And if you're not in these extremes, Mm -hmm. you don't exist. Like you're either really on fire for the Lord or you're heathen (laughs) well and i think that's even like that shows how even within like sort of progressive churches or at least more liberal sort of churches than like conservative or fundamentalist that there's still those flaws because while you have churches that may be doing great things of breaking gender norms and gender stereotypes for women we don't see that as much in men's ministry i see men's ministry being the same across the board whether the church is affirming of women or not that their men's ministry is still geared toward this hyper masculinity mm-hmm. that exactly what Bethany said is not, is not serving to a lot of men, but where are they supposed to have the space to express that? Right. Here's my idea. I just thought of this. Um, this is like a very gender neutral activity. It caters to people who are really competitive, who are really, or really not competitive, kind of geeky, kind of nerdy, kind of like introverted. I think that we should just have board game nights. And if you don't like board games, you don't exist. I'm just (laughs) going to play the church card here. But board game nights. This is, if you're still in the church, if you're listening and you've listened to this far, board game nights. (laughs) I, okay, I agree with something like this of, or at least having events where like, there's a little bit of everything mm-hmm. like sure you want to play an outdoor activity you know you want to play football or frisbee whatever do that but then yeah have an activity where you go inside and i like the board game thing because i agree with you that you know there are people that say they don't like board games but if you're with the right group of people there's at least one that you like it is competitive mm-hmm. but it's also indoors it's non-contact you know all of this stuff and i think like you know, some people may disagree. I do see value in like men and women's ministry 
but also in the idea of realizing that like one like gender stereotypes and like just gender identity and like I want I want to go to a women's ministry that is welcoming of all women so you know like our like trans women and even like our non-binary friends if they want to come hang out at a women's ministry or they want to go to a men's ministry like they have the freedom to choose that and I do see the benefits in the sense of like there's just you know there's just things that my husband and I are different and I don't want to go talk to men about it. I want to talk to women, like whatever, like that's just inherent in like who I am as a person. And I think that Christians, especially as we go, like for us personally, moving into more like progressive spaces, like trying to figure out a way to do that well and doing Mm -hmm. it in a way that is welcoming and serves people at every at every kind of stage, you know? There should be a feminine energy night, a masculine energy night, okay, yes. and an androgyny night. Like, you can yeah. go to all of them at any point in your life, you know? So today I'm feeling like I really need a little bit of a... And I'm more of a masculine energy person, I, in my opinion. So I would really benefit from a masculine energy night. And Spencer <laughs> would really benefit from a feminine energy night, you know? Yes. And sometimes board games, everybody. I'm really passionate <laughs> about this board game thing. <laughs> Or even just like a space of acknowledging that there are certain like gender stereotyped activities that feel safer to do with like, I don't know, I think about like, Josie really likes to build things like she knows her way around power tools, all of that stuff. But if she wants to do a night that like, hey, we're going to build something, maybe it's safer to do that with other women. Just yeah, because men will try to tell me what to do. Exactly. And mad. so, <laughs> and just acknowledging that, like, hey, we can have activity nights and, like, we can have, like, oh, this, like, this is just for the women or this is just for, like, the feminine, like, the feminine folks. Like, mm-hmm. and re- acknowledging that that's okay because safe spaces do need to exist. Mm-hmm. But I think, yes, reimagining of men and women's ministry and the boxes that they've been in for so long. Yep. Yeah, I think what needs to happen is the churches need to sit back and think, okay, what is the purpose of these ministries or these events? Cause a lot of times, and I've seen this on churches, like on staff, people aren't really thinking through why are we doing this? They're doing it because they've always done it. Tradition um, for tradition's sake. Exactly. And they're like, well, we've had this women's ministry for 20 years. So of course we have to have this tea party. But if you stepped back and you actually asked the women in your church, the majority of them probably are not going to want to go to that. They're just going because that's what's available. Um, So I think you need to take in people's opinion that actually go to your church and really think about what is the purpose. And if the purpose is so that women can have a safe, safe space and men can have a safe space where they are able to like relate about things that way they understand, that's fine. Um, but yeah, I think we really need to take a step back and <laughs> reevaluate a lot of the things that are going on. <laughs> I agree. And I think too, of like, there are certain things that, um, like I know just from, church experiences that I've had with like my parents. Uh, My parents were part of a church plan at one point. And a lot of it was talking about how like men don't go to church anymore. And like, we want to be like a church that like feels masculine. So men can come to church. And I remember, (laughs) and I remember just being very uncomfortable with that because of just being like, like, what do you mean? Like church needs to be more masculine or like, we're trying to attract men. Like, like why not just, attract people like 
why does or like why does like things at a church have to have a gender like mm-hmm. if and again i think too like if i mean this is just me because you know i you know god doesn't have a gender and right. um yeah was jesus did jesus come in the body of a man yeah but that has a lot of social context of why he did that and so the reality of even if you just look at the life and teachings of jesus like jesus did not fit into gender norms of the time he talked to people he wasn't supposed to talk to like mainly women he hung out in places he shouldn't have with like bad people Mm -hmm. and again mostly women Mm -hmm. and so if you get this like feminine vibe from church maybe it's because jesus had something to say about the value of femininity and maybe that's something that everybody again if God has no gender and we're created in the image of God, then that should show that everybody has both masculine, feminine, androgynous traits, that Mm -hmm. the full image is in all of those. And so again, how do we live that more fully into this sort of like when we're doing ministry again, like, I don't want people to think that I think there's something wrong with having safe spaces for women, men. Like, I don't think that's the I don't think that's bad. Again, like what Bethany said, I think it's about really understanding what are their needs and why are they drawn to this? Because if you're only offering one thing for women, but they're just, but like the people in your group are just desperate for camaraderie with other women, then exactly that they're going to go, even if they don't like the activity because they need it. Yeah. And I think that the first step would probably be, be, uh, to just not really reject women who don't identify in the same vein as women's ministries as they exist today. Like mm-hmm. I never felt like I belonged because I wasn't this dainty little quiet complimentarian wife yeah. seeking person. Yeah. And I was always made to feel that I was wrong. Right. Like, yeah. Oh, Josie, you have to come to this women's ministry so you can learn your place. So mm-hmm. you can see what other women are doing and then copy them as opposed to saying, Oh, well, Josie's just not like that. Josie yeah. just has a more masculine energy. And maybe then I think that's probably just the first step, right? Like don't change your events. Don't do whatever, but don't reject women because they are different. Don't reject men because they are different. Yeah. I totally agree with that. Um, let's stop putting people into boxes, please. <laughs> please. As, um, Bethany, as like a, a 20 something like single woman, do you think that overall, like there, cause I've heard this from other friends, like overall, do you think that the church lacks a place for you? Because like you said, maybe you don't necessarily fit in with women's ministry because you're not married or you're not a mom. Um, you don't fit in the college ministry cause you're not a college kid, but then mm-hmm. they have like young married couples you're not young and married and so it's like you don't really necessarily want to go to a singles ministry because i think those are weird because people are just trying to get married like where is this thing um it's it's a weird space to walk into a lot of the times um and i think a big problem is because churches tend to segment people off into all these groups like okay you're in the college group you're in the singles group, you're in the like married women's group. It's like, well, if there isn't a certain group for you, then you're really not going to fit in. Um, and so I'm more of a fan of like, let's have groups of all types of people, you know, because 
yes, there are places where, you know, the college students need to be together, the moms need to be together, et cetera. But if those are the only groups that exist in your church and you're not providing content or providing spaces for people to come that don't fit into those, they're just not going to come. I'm sorry. Like, (laughs) yeah. Um, So I think that's definitely a thing. And I also think if you're a single woman who is not, obviously it's not married, don't have kids and you're wanting to be in leadership, it's even harder (laughs) because where are you supposed to lead? Are you going to go lead the women's ministry with all the, you know, older ladies that, you know, are you going to go lead these groups? think so they're not gonna want me in there (laughs) so it's just an awkward place to be sometimes so yeah it's I liked what you said about the groups of all different kinds of people because um you know when I was in college I went to a college bible study because that was just you know for me I, I just I needed more friends in general and so I was like oh I'll go to like a college ministry kind of bible study my best friend like she felt like you where she was like, all we do is hang out with college kids. Like I don't want to do that. And so she went to a group that was literally called all ages, all stages. And so like, she, like the youngest person in the group was like a freshman in college, like 18, 19. And then my friend, we were like juniors and seniors at the time. Mm -hmm. And then there was like young married couples. There was older married couples with kids. There were single people and not just like single in their twenties. Like there was like a 40 year old that was like single, like And like I said, some of them were like Christians their whole life. Some of them were like, I don't really know if I'm a Christian. I just joined this church. And like for her, like that's exactly what she needed because she wanted to be in a space where she felt like anybody could come because of that tension of like, I don't want to just go to college ministry. I don't want to just go to women's ministry. Like I want to be with all these other people. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that a lot of churches lack that I wish more did for that mm-hmm. reason, because why can't we all just be together and learn from each other? Yes. Mm-hmm. And when like going into leadership, like I think a lot of single women get put into youth ministry because yeah. even if they don't necessarily feel called to youth ministry or children's ministry, but because you're single, you're not married and these moms deserve a break and they yeah. shouldn't, they shouldn't have to like, I remember this is probably the one like overall, I worked for a really good children's ministry, but I think the one like toxic thing I heard was you're in college. You don't have kids. You should be willing to volunteer more. Like there shouldn't be moms volunteering on Sunday mornings because they deserve a break, which I thought like, I understood the concept. Like I understood the heart behind it. But a lot of the moms that did volunteer, the reason they wanted to volunteer is just because they loved kids ministry and they didn't necessarily volunteer in their kids age group. Like I had preschool moms that wanted to volunteer with the sixth graders because they were like, I love this age group. And I like, I want to know what they're learning. And like, I just like to be engaged, but like feeling that guilt as like a college girl or like even now in my twenties or like, like not having kids, like you feel this guilt of like, oh yeah, I should volunteer with kids and youth because moms deserve a break. And like, Mm -hmm. that's just not good. Yeah. Well, here's my problem as a Latin woman who has provided tons of free childcare in her life voluntarily. Um, it's not my job to take care of your fucking kids, you know, like if I want to, I'll do it, but you wanted to have the kid. So you figure it out. 
you <laughs> let people that want to take care of your kids take care of your kid but don't tell me that i have to because i'm a single woman without a kid Mm-mm. right and Makes i do not want to take care of kids well and it's yeah. it's i think it's even just again the like if a like if a single girl single woman like fills out a card at church that says i want to volunteer nine times out of ten they're going to get a phone call from the children's director or the youth pastor they're yeah. not going to they're not going to get a phone call from the parking team they're not going to get a phone call from the like from the avt the team the guy you know the guys that run sound and the and the video they're going to get called first by the children's minister and the youth pastor and if they don't want to do that, then they're going to get a call from the hospitality director. <laughs> and yeah. if they don't want to do any of those three, then they're going to have to go out of their way to tell somebody, I want to be on the parking crew or like, I want to be on cleanup. Like I want to take things down and stack chairs. Like they always will just assume like, Oh, you're 18 to 29, 30. And you're a single woman. Like these are the three places you get to work kids teens or food and if you don't want to do that then i'm sorry you don't fit in i love kids i love taking care of kids on an individual basis because i think they're fucking funny i do not like teaching children's ministry i don't like it it's boring it's so lame these kids have too many fucking questions there's too many of these kids having too many fucking questions they don't know how to color inside the lines i cannot handle children's ministry I can do <laughs> high school, but that's really pushing it for me. Not every single woman, not every non-mothering person enjoys children like that. True. Yeah. And I, as someone who did children's ministry for a while, and I actually did enjoy it, um, but I think there is this weird idea that like, yeah, every woman in the church, if they're not doing something already needs to be volunteering in the children's ministry. I'm sorry. Can we get some dads to help please? These are your kids yes. too. Like, also yeah. just something women. to note, which I just something to note that I didn't know until I started working in women's ministry or I mean, in kids ministry is that, did you know that there are also state laws about like men, like changing diapers and like volunteering no I didn't yeah so when I so when I was a nursery worker it like there were some dads that you know they wanted to volunteer in the nursery or like college boys you know because they wanted to hang out with their girlfriend or whatever but you know they really liked kids so they volunteer in the nursery and I always thought it was cool because the kids loved them the kids loved hanging out with them you know because nine times out of ten college boys have that like let's be crazy blah personality the kids love that but there's laws that like, if they, like, if the kid had an accident and we were going to change their diaper, like the men couldn't do it. Like it's against the law. And yeah, that's- and that was something that blew my mind. I had because, no idea. Yeah. And again, it's one of those of like, the intent is to like protect children from like predators, but it just feeds into, sorry, it feeds into like sexist stereotypes of like women can be predators not to yes, be a feminist it, but women can be predators no yeah but it like just feeds into that and i just it was one of those things that i was like well no wonder like men don't want to volunteer because we automatically just assume the worst in them like that's not yeah. cool and so i always thought that was that just like kind of blew my mind and it made sense why then if there were like 
men volunteering nine times out of 10, they were like with like third grade and older because mm. like, no and they, yeah, they didn't have to deal with diapers and the likelihood of a kid having an accident, like third grade and up is there is much smaller, you know, than like second, first kindergarten. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I just always thought that was, that just blew my mind. Um, yeah. They're so wild like barriers for men who want to volunteer, especially with like infants or preschoolers and things like that. Um, I could go on a whole tangent about that because I was in children for a while, but yeah, that's, that's the thing. So Bethany, as a woman who, and I'm asking, cause I felt this as yeah. a woman who actually enjoyed children's ministry. Did you ever feel guilty that you enjoyed it? Like it was anti-feminist to like it. Mm-hmm. That's a good question. Um, I think when I'm listening to a lot of women in leadership or women who are like senior pastors or, you know, teaching theology, those type of things, when they talk about their path to get to leadership, a lot of times they kind of are like talking shit about children's ministry because they're like, Oh, I was just forced to do children's ministry for so many years and I hated it and blah, blah, blah. And women are just confined to it, which for them was true, but I don't think it acknowledges that there are some women that maybe feel called to it. And it also diminishes the fact that the women who are doing it are doing important work and the men that are doing, are doing important work. Everybody is doing important work. Um, so I think the problem, okay. I think the biggest problem is children's ministry in churches is not valued. Nope. Um, so when these women who are called to different things get their start in children's ministry, nobody respects them when they're doing children's ministry. Cause it's just called like daycare or child care or whatever. Um, and it's not acknowledged that no, they are actually being a pastor too. When you're leading children, it's just in a different way. Um, so I think there is, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a weird thing to be working in children's ministry and also be like called to leadership in different aspects. So it's also the more difficult pastoral role in my experience. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Cause those little shits don't listen to you. <laughs> I let oh. the adults listen. <laughs> well, and even the people don't really talk about like the harsh duality of when you're a children's minister, like you're actually ministering to their whole family, like whether mm-hmm. you feel it or not. And you will have, and especially again, I feel like this is, I'm not saying people that aren't parents can't do like ministry or youth ministry. Cause that, I think there's a lot of value in like not being a parent and doing it. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately you have, you know, you'll have parents asking you hard questions about like, well, my oh, kid yeah. doesn't, my kid doesn't want to read their Bible and they're in third grade. How do I help them? And I would just be like, I don't freaking know. Like <laughs> I don't have a third grader. Like what do you like? I don't know. Like, and so I think again, like there, there's just this hard balance. And there's also the balance of like, of, I knew this from myself of there was a time where I kept going to youth group when my parents necessarily didn't want to go to church. And like Mm -hmm. my experiences, both good and bad with youth pastors had impacts on my family's life and had impacts on what my parents believed about God and the church, that kind of stuff. And so that's just something that people don't acknowledge too, of exactly what Josie said. It is one of the harder ministries to be in because you, when you're teaching these children, you are impacting 
it's like generational ministry. You're impacting their family life and there's just a big ripple effect of it. Well, mm-hmm. I remember when I was in a youth group leader, I was the only Latin youth group leader in our predominantly Latin youth group. So, oh. the, so the parents spoke Spanish, like it was an immigrant community. Um, and we had to be like, what is it like above reproach or whatever? Like we had to be the best of the best types of human beings. Like we had to be willing to drive their kids, pick up their kids, feed their kids. If they were hungry, like we did all of these things out of our own time and pocket and energy, because Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what we felt was needed. I never felt pressured to do any of that stuff because my friend was the youth pastor. So I could tell her what to do, but (laughs) shout out to Becca, (laughs) our friend, Becca. (laughs) Um, but yeah, there was that idea of like, we were not only examples to these kids, but we were pretty much telling their parents like, Hey, we're, we're yeah. here for your kids and for you. Like mm-hmm. if money is tight or whatever, I'll take your kid to fucking McDonald's. I'll buy them a Starbucks Frappuccino. Cause they think it's the height of luxury. <laughs> that, I'm more than willing to do any of that. Um, mm-hmm which is like a ministering to the parents as well. And children, I mean, children's don't keep their, they don't keep their mouth shut. So they're going to be like, mom, do you know who Jesus is? Mom, do you know who Noah is? Like, you know, they're not going to shut up. <laughs> yeah. Also kids ask very difficult theological questions that you would not. Think. Yes. And I'm sorry, but if you can explain a really hard theological concept to a 20 year old, but you can't to a five year old, then maybe you shouldn't be in children's ministry. And it is hard to do that. Like, yeah. And maybe you don't know the concept that well. <laughs> my, my first week, my first week working at Bible camp, I had a group of sixth grade girls and oh. this girl, um, the only reason she came to camp was because her friends came and her parents were like, Oh yeah. Like mm-hmm. a bunch of her friends from school come and she, you know, we want her to be outdoors. So we're going to send her to camp. And I was like, great. So she didn't have a Bible. So I got her a Bible because that's just what you do. You give kids Bibles at church camp. <laughs> and this girl yeah. was so smart. Like she was a sixth grader and I swear to God, she should have been in high school. She was so smart. She was so articulate. And she was determined that she wanted to read the Bible cover to cover. And so little me trying to explain that, like, well, you don't read the Bible, like from page one and just keep going. Like it's broken up into different books and there's different stories. And like, you should really start like in the new Testament and the gospels. And she was like, no, I'm going to start at the very beginning. So all throughout camp, this girl's reading the Bible. (laughs) And I just remember her, she, you know, she gets to the part where like, um, she's like, why do these people have so many wives and why are they so old? Like, I don't understand. Yeah. She's like, why are they 900 years old? And why does he have like three wives? And why does he have all these kids? And I literally was just like, how do I explain this? Like, I'm not prepared for this. It's supposed to be a yeah. summer job. Like <laughs> I don't get paid enough to explain to this girl, like, like <laughs> biblical context and like when it was written and how it was written in a different language. Like what the hell? Yeah. That's, it's hard stuff to explain. It's already hard enough to ex- understand yourself and then trying to explain it to someone that's a, a tiny human. That's like, doesn't, yeah. You you can't just tell the tiny human, listen here, kid, I pay 40 grand a year for them to teach me how to explain this book. (laughs) You do that. So yeah. Like, so you want the answers. You tell your parents to send you to Bible college. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. 
Well, Bethany, thank you so much for coming back on. We'd love to have you again as many times as you so desire. Um, Hi. <laughs> obviously, we're very structured here, you know. It's very, it's a very hard process. Uh, yeah. I think Bethany wants to come on and talk about uh, everybody's favorite uh, VeggieTales and other Christian media. <laughs> Girl, down. Mm, yes. <laughs> We're on it. I'll start researching now by rewatching all the Veggie Tales <laughs> <laughs> and cringing. Anyways, yeah. Bethany, where can the folks find you? Anything you want to plug? Oh, you can always find me on Instagram, Bethany Gehringer. I think I'm at uh, 350 followers now. So, Ooh. you know, really there coming more- on up. <laughs> uh, yeah, Twitter. Uh, you can find me there too. But yeah, mostly Instagram. So, Slick. yeah. Spence. Well, y'all can find us on Instagram at Speaking in Church. You can find me at Spence Rose. And you can find Josie at Josie Takes the World. Leave us a review. Subscribe. Um, if you're conservative, we're still waiting. I'm still waiting. Um, I'll probably die waiting. It's fine. Josie's gonna die on this hill. <laughs> I'm gonna die on this hill. Um, yeah. Leave us a review unless it's negative, then you can email it to me and I'll fight you. <laughs> As always, friends, stay woke or get woke. And Jesus loves you. Bye. Bye.